You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, men. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Let's go. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by, right now, nobody. But we're here anyway on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. You're holding your ear. You're either trying to get the key to the song, or you're getting a signal from the coach. (laughs) What's happening right now? I mean, I know this is unbelievable, but I was turning up your volume so I could hear you better. Usually I'm trying to mute, 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 mute. (laughs) Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fita Show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. It's so good to have all of you. My name is Joe Miller. I am the honored person that gets the opportunity to sit here every season with you, John Fina, and talk about the Buffalo Bills and uh, lob softballs at you, hopefully, and not make you too mad. But uh, we have some fun on this show, and there's a lot of give and take and a lot of humor, and people love this show, and they love you. They love your comments. There was a, uh, oh, where was it? Someplace there was already people messaging me about ask John this, ask, ask John that. What did John think of this? What did John think of that? And I'm like, this is amazing. Like It's already started. Well, what, what about what did Joe think? I mean, Joe's got some pretty hot takes too. Well, I, I think I vomited all over the YouTube airwaves last night on the overreaction post-game show. Did, did you catch any of that by chance? You know what, man? I really wanted to listen to it, but with the Jim Kelly fundraiser and golf today, I honestly, I I spent some time with Ruben Brown today. Oh, um, awesome. So I drove to the tournament with him and drove <laughs> back with him. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, that was when I was going to do it. I didn't even know Ruben was coming. That's how you know, crazy busy our lives get. We don't uh, communicate with people enough. And anyway, so I did miss it. I'd like to go back and listen to it. I might just do that because I'm pretty worn out right now. <laughs> let let the, the soothing sounds of Joe Miller's voice put you to yeah. sleep. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got some thoughts we can discuss and we can talk about. I know you've got some thoughts on this football game. Uh, but before we do that, uh, first things first, we are Super Chat Live. So if anybody has a comment or a question or a concern and they'd like to get John's attention, please feel free to jump over to YouTube in the comment section there, throw up a Super Chat. It'll show up on the screen nice and colorful. It'll get our attention, and we'll be able to respond to you right away. If we don't respond to you in just a normal comment, please know that we are not ignoring you. But it is so good to see so many awesome 
what's the word? Familiar faces that have returned for the show. Richard Rush is in the room. Daniel Gowers is in the room. Jessica Tennis is in the room. Uh, she's commenting to me that I needed a six pack. I got a six pack. Do you want to see it? Oh, <laughs> is that a no? Nobody wants uh, to see yeah, it. The family friendly, family <laughs> friendly. So Matt Byram is in the show. What's new with Ruben? He asks, but yeah, let's start there. So why don't we start with the, uh, the, the Jim Kelly gala and the, uh, the, the Kelly it's, 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 it's Kelly for kids, right? It's, it's not Hunter's hope. It's Kelly for kids. It's matter. Kelly for kids. Right. Um, and Jim brings in not just former Buffalo bills, but celebrities, uh, players from other teams. Uh, you went with me last year, yes. right? We, we saw a, a great number of, uh, legends of the game yes. and a few celebrities. It was a different rotation this year. So I didn't see a lot of familiar face faces, but, um, you know, uh, quite a few familiar as well so it was nice there were there were new faces i guess what i'm trying to say very clumsily my, my most amazing takeaway from last year and uh you've heard me tell this story probably more than twice was you and i sitting st- leaning on the bar right they had the big giant square bar in the middle of the of the giant room oh you would have loved it it was hexagonal this year <laughs> It probably made more sense. It was probably easier to serve that way than the giant square one. And we're and we're sitting there, and 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 John says to me, and if this embarrasses you, I apologize. But John says to me, "There's a guy over there making eyes at me. Who's that guy? Do you remember?" Uh, no. We're sitting there, and I'm like, "What guy?" You're like, "That guy right over there is staring at me like he knows exactly who I am, and I can't, I can't, like right now, I can't remember who that is. Who is that guy?" And I look over, and it's John Randall. <laughs> all the fame defensive tackle but that's well, not that's i didn't not, recognize him because he didn't have the eye black coming right, down looking right. fierce yeah the, the john, uh, john john was not here this year really uh, but, I, but he was great last year it was a lot of fun well it, what what really stuck out of course was um i was able to bring my daughter up from yeah. florida so mimi came yeah and uh, she got to get her picture taken with Bruce and Jim and Daryl and uh, a number of other guys. And, uh, you know, she's a big fan of Buffalo Bills football. And, you know, she's really into the NFL. She's playing all these games online. Uh, and she she loved it. It was it was a lot of fun. We got to spend some great time together. It was really it was really kind of a dad daughter trip. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was it, it was terrific. Well, John was special last year, and uh, he he the the engagement that I had with him and the interaction and, and that you and I and, ha- and him had was great. So I'm sure that his presence was missed. Uh, was uh, who was there that kind of caught your attention? Who was there that uh, you know kind of put you in that? Oh my gosh, this person's here. Well, Anthony Munoz was here again. Again, right? Gotcha, so it's always good to see the greatest legend of mm. uh, left tackledom ever. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, that's always just something spectacular. Um, Chris Berman. Yes, I saw that. Chris I saw that. Berman was there, and I got to have a nice chat with him. Yeah. He, you know, I walked up and said, hey, Chris, I don't know if you remember him. And he's like, are you kidding me? I remember you. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know if you know how the game works, Joe, and uh, to our lovely fans in the chat here, but sometimes – Sometimes things leak to the guys that are running the draft, maybe leak, or maybe it was just a great guess. But Berman was saying, you know, I, I had the, uh, the inside track that you might be that pick. Really? And I had to play it back. I had to play it back a little bit because, you know, you don't want to upset the apple cart. 
but uh he you know he kind of take me took me through his his going of the story and the guys that they were gonna pick so you know he was like you know i had three or four names and and it was it was really fun he's a super guy i mean you just you talk to him too and you realize that you're talking to a guy who literally made espn a thing Mm -hmm. I, i i just can't imagine where that network would go without chris berman doing his shtick yeah, and making everything so exciting—the fastest three minutes of football, that Monday night halftime, just his show, uh, working with Tom—it was, you know, just incredible. NFL and, prime time, and then yeah. they brought they brought it back and put it on put it on NFL Plus. It's like why or or I, yeah, they they totally or ESPN Plus. They put it someplace where nobody could find it, which was awful last year. Because yeah, t- to your point. So what you're telling me though, through this whole thing is there are two people that knew that you were a first round draft pick, Bill Belichick and Chris Berman. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Bill Belichick knew a little sooner, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, who was it that just asked a question? Uh, da-da-da-da. so yeah, Jessica tennis is asking, uh, is he predicting, uh, the Buffalo bills and the 49ers again this year? Cause that was his consistent pick for several <laughs> years. You know, uh, it, I guess it just depends on how the quarterback out there in 49er land does, right? He's supposed to play. Uh, he's supposed to start the season. Uh, you're right. A kid from Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. A oh. uh, good football player. Uh, I guess that's not a bad guess, right? I mean, NFC is kind of hard to pick. You got the Eagles and the Niners. Um, I, I would say, well, I, I would say the, the NFC is a little easier to pick than the AFC. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's, a good, that's, a, that's as good a bet as any. I like it. I like the Bills being in the top two, so <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah. with it. The AFC is hard to pick because there's so many good teams, so many good quarterbacks. The NFC cool, is right. kind of like a it's it's a little bit of a crapshoot. And I heard somebody today pick the Cowboys, and I was like, "There's no way the Cowboys are going." And McKenna from the back seat goes, "Why can't the Cowboys go?" I was like, "Because Dak is he chokes and not chokes. He just has a difficult time in big games. So I just I just can't see the Cowboys making it to the Super Bowl this year. But we'll see. The 49ers and Bills would be interesting, right? Yeah, uh, it would be great. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. Where is the Super Bowl this year? I haven't looked it up. I've forgotten already if even if, if if I ever knew. I know this answer and it's not coming to me. Uh, uh, do you want me to Google it? No, I think somebody in the chat will throw it up in there in a second. I dare <laughs> I dare them. <laughs> so that's good. I'm them. glad you had a good time. How did you we'll, we'll wrap up this this session real quick with how did you hit him? How'd you hit him around the uh, chasing the white ball around the the green grass of Western New York? Oh, there's Vegas. Nothing, it's in there's, Vegas. There's nothing better than playing golf in Western New York in the summer. I mean, it, mm. it couldn't have been a more perfect day. Uh, I hit him really well, and yeah. I had a natural birdie on a par four. Ooh. I was I was crushing my driver. I um I knocked an approach iron about 123 uh, yards in, about three feet from the stick, and nice. my team said, "You got to you got to drain it. You got to drain so, it." Yeah, so I knocked it in for the uh, for the birdie. Nice. And, you know, and, and like anything with golf, you know, I, I'm I'm a pro. <laughs> eight shots every round. Right. Of course. <laughs> but after that, uh, no, I shouldn't even be shining the pro's shoes. It sounds like you're getting better at golf, though. From from no, when- I, I am. I'm getting I'm getting a lot better. And, uh, you know, the function was for 12 years. I was coaching my kids. The kids were young, just like everybody. Yeah. And I played about 12 times in 12 years. Yeah. And then in the past 16 months, I've probably played, you know, 12 or 14 times. So, 
Yeah. You know, like anything, it's it's weird. Like the harder I try, the luckier I get. So I uh, <laughs> used to play a ton of golf. Um, and for nine, I would consistently shoot 40 to 43 uh played a lot of nine because i was in a golf league so we played a lot of nine so if i played 18 you know i, I would i'd would break 90 which wasn't always but i could break 90 and then uh i, I tore my meniscus and uh, didn't do anything about it for a couple of years mm. didn't play a whole lot of golf and just had it repaired and like my swing is back like all of my distance is back like i don't under there's there's some, there was nothing that was ever painful about rotating on a torn meniscus in my left knee but my body was doing something my body was like no and like yeah. you're something preventing up. yourself from making that motion i get it right For so sure. now it's better and now i'm playing golf and i've got the itch to play a lot of golf so you and i still have not yet golfed we've got to get out and golf so if i have uh, to come to tucson yeah come on to, out to golf with you I'm gonna... i'll tell you one of the highlights of this weekend just going back to it uh you know mimi texted me before her flight and said i've never had beef on whack no way yeah so i took her to my favorite place you know everybody's got their favorite i don't want to get into a whack or wing war on Schwabels this episode or the i went to, i went to schwabbles that's Schwabels, my yeah. place nice very good. uh so right we there in west seneca right in west seneca in the yeah. hamlet of ebenezer that's right yeah. and uh then we went over to the bill store we refreshed our bills gear a little bit although this is the uh the jim kelly turn that logo is hot that logo yeah hot. it's pretty yeah. good right yeah i like logo, it yeah it was hot so, and then, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than a, like a casual drive down through the Southern tier to check out all the farmland to see what mm. uh, Western New York's all about. We ended up in Ellicottville. We grabbed a coffee, headed back up to the city, uh, met up with some old, old friends of mine who I've known since I've been here. And, you know, I always do this. I, 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 I think I'm going to create some downtime for myself, but I don't. And I end up going from you know, activity to activity to activity. And I end up leaving here like uh, more exhausted than when I arrived and I came in on the red eye. Right. So how are you feeling? Are you more exhausted or are you rested this time? No, I feel pretty good. I, I crashed early last night. You know, the party was nice. And then when the band picked up and it was, you know, too loud to really have conversations. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just hit the rack. I was probably asleep by 10 o'clock. So I got a, I got a good, good amount of rest before, before the round today played with great people from uh, United airlines. And oh, nice. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, uh, I've driven that drive to Ellicottville a million times. Not to Ellicottville, but to someplace else in the southern tier. Uh, and I talked you through driving across the gorge, across the Cattergrass Creek. And I'm going to be honest with you, at 50 years old and having driven across it thousands of times, it still is amazing when I drive across that bridge. It's just like you can't you can't not look <laughs> dangerously over your shoulder into the into the gorge. Like, it's just so beautiful. It but, is. Uh, it really is. I'm glad that Mimi got to take that in. I'm glad that you got to spend some time with uh, your daughter. Uh, girl dad is the best dad. So uh, you know how I feel about that. I'm fond of girl dads, and you are one, and so am I. So that's awesome. But let's talk about, let's transition and talk a little bit yeah. about this football game. Yep. Uh, yep. And there's some positions of note that you kind of were watching, uh, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the preseason is great. Uh, hope springs eternal. You know, mm. you, you kind of brush off the, the ending of last season. If you're smart, you know, you kind of got to let that go. You can't replay last year. And I think you could tell the type of people that are really optimistic. You know, they, they really put that behind them. Mm -hmm. And the preseason is fun because it's not, 
it's not the same way we watch a regular season game. You know, you're looking for things that pop out to you as a fan, right? You're trying to assess talent and you're not looking at the game and it's, you know, win loss format, uh, drive format. You're looking at individual players. So, you know, that's the way you approach it. That's how people get excited. They pick their favorites from the rookies and, and the, uh, the new signees, right. The, the free agents, and I, what I was really interested in seeing is, are we going to see anything new from the defense? Mm-hmm. Are we going to see a little bit of running game, get a little taste of James Cook? Um, and then obviously, you know, assess some quarterback play. I love the the battles going on at corner. Yeah. I love the battles going on at wide receiver. You know, yeah. I think that by and large, those two position groups, um, if they were a little better last year, you know, we we could might have done well at that Cincinnati game. To be fair, injuries at corner were really what killed us. Yeah, for sure. La- uh, so yeah, on yesterday's overreaction uh, post game show, I talked about uh, QB two uh, was a, was a position I talked about. I talked about RB one, and then I did uh, I talked about actually the tight end situation a little bit. But uh, the, the QB two one is a little bit everywhere. A lot of people are talking about just quarter the, the, you know, who is going to be the backup quarterback to Josh Allen. And I'm a firm believer as is Pat Moran and several other people that there's a good possibility that the backup quarterback to Josh Allen might not be on this roster right now. Um, I think we know what we have in Matt Barkley. Uh, Matt Barkley loves the city. He loves his football team. He's a little bit limited as a passer. He's a great guy. He's a wonderful locker room dude. Like we know that him and Josh are very good friends. He's got a wonderful family. But when you think about a guy that's got to win you 50% of your games, two out of four, three out of six, if something were, God forbid, to happen to Josh Allen for a couple games, and you've you've still got to, especially this year with the teams we're going to play in this division, Dolphins, Jets, you're always hunting for that spot in the playoffs this year. Um, And while Kyle Allen wasn't awful, and he had some drops, there were some drops, there were some things that weren't his fault, and the as much as the pass might have been ill-advised, it was a tipped ball that that got intercepted for the pick six. Um, I'm not sure that he's wowing us necessarily. Okay, that's fair. Um, but I don't, you know, there aren't a lot of teams with the luxury of having a backup who mm-hmm. is that guy. And you're never going to know what he's going to be able to do unless he gets those reps. Right, right. So, yeah, it was a little a tepid response. I don't think there's a reason to hit the panic button. Mm-hmm. You you know, you got to hope that if your quarterback comes out, it's for a very limited time. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if your quarterback is out for a long time, mm. not many teams survive that. I mean, San Francisco's an outlier, right, from last year. Well, they were surprised. They were surprised. It was a total outlier. You don't typically get that kind of play from your backup. So uh, I I take that with a grain of salt at this point. Um, You could say Matt Barkley's limited. uh, But if you're a good game manager and you don't make stupid mistakes, you know, I think you can pull together those three out of six victories, um, maybe two out of four whatever it takes until your guy comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think Matt Barkley's capable of that. They obviously changed the offense. You know, they're going to do certain things differently. Yeah. And, but nobody is in that position of luxury that I'm yeah. aware of. I mean, you, you, you'd know better than I do. We, we've been a little spoiled 
right? So uh, Mitch Trubisky, regardless of what you think of him, had his one games in this league. And I know Kyle Allen has as well. I think he's 15 of six or 15, 15 and 16 or something like that. I, I don't remember his exact numbers. Um, and, you know, Case Keenum, you know, with Stefan Diggs, the, the, the Minneapolis miracle, like Case Keenum has a little bit of a history of winning football games in the NFL. So I think we might have been a little bit, to your point, spoiled. Um, and God forbid, right? The hope is that nothing ever happens to your starter. And something did happen to Josh last year, and he didn't miss a game. He probably could have used the opportunity to possibly sit a game or two. But again, that's not in his nature. That's right. not who he is. Right. Um, but uh I'm trying to think around the league while I'm talking. If there's anybody that's kind of in that catbird seat of having a backup quarterback, you know, that that that's just the guy. The interesting thing for me about Brock Purdy. You would think that if there was one, somebody in the chat would say, Oh no, this team is uh, too deep at QB. But again, sure. I and and this was a great point brought up by Matt, uh, longtime vet, right? So I think that the fear when you bring somebody off the bench when they're young is yeah. that they make just stupid erratic mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Blind throws, you know, being a good game manager. What I said earlier was it's not the decision when to throw, but when not to throw, when to throw it away um, to get, make sure that the, the, the team is in the right formation. I mean that those details are incredibly important and being then, you know, even if your QB one is out, there's strong leadership. And if you coalesce around the backup, whomever it is, and the team understands because guys go down, guys mm -hmm. come out that, you know, I know it's not really the next man up scenario, mm -hmm. but it's more of a rally scenario. And I'm not going to say Stefan Diggs is going to make a better, you know, cut on a route or someone's going to block a little bit better but they are not going to give up on the guy. Right. There's, there's too much at stake. Right. So you brought up Brock Purdy and the 49ers situation last year. And for those that aren't necessarily aware, the, the, the Niners, you know, went through a slew of quarterbacks or went through their, all their quarterbacks and basically played Brock Purdy because they had to. And they found out in a, in a game situation that this kid was aggressive through in the tight windows, had crazy anticipation and, just was turning it like, who is this guy? I remember watching that game that he played that he came in and I was, I was like, holy cow, this kid can throw the football. Well, if you watched him, I think he went to Iowa state, right? I think so. Yes. He was a cyclone. So I have a tendency to try to follow some of the kids that leave Arizona. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them. And for some reason, you know, we pick up a couple of those games. I think that's big 12. I can't remember. Um, and I thought, wow, this kid can play. Right. Um, and and again, uh, I think, I think if we if we sit here and we get too concerned about it, you mm -hmm. know, it's it's a little, you know, we're not whistling past the graveyard either. But those guys, you know, they're going to make the right decision if they think they need to bring somebody in. It's going to happen. Right. But if they don't, and we settle with these two guys on our roster, then you know you have to translate your belief as a fan into that staff and into that team. And, and in the same way that you go to a game and you cheer for Josh Allen, if it's Kyle Allen or, or Matt Barkley, then you're going to do the same, I hope. Yeah. And I know you will. Yeah. Well, the question that I have where I was going with Brock Purdy is, you know, you, you came in the league in 92 and you played with Jim on the same team as Jim until 96. Jim retired in 96. And then you were here for several years where there was, you know, Todd Collins was here. Alex Van Pelt was here. Uh, was there another quarterback that started while you were here that you blocked for? 
Was uh, it? Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie. Oh, 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 God. So you were here. Oh, so you were here. This is perfect. Lining up perfect. Um, and obviously, we know what the Bills did. They went and got Rob Johnson after he had a couple good games, I believe, in Jacksonville, right, is where he was. Right. Uh, and then Doug Flutie was coming coming back from Canada, wanted, wanted a shot in the NFL, so the Bills kind of gave him a shot, which was great. So the question that I have is – was there a time? Is there a time? You know, when you when you talk about guys getting drafted, the biggest, hardest label, and you were one of them to overcome is, well, he's a first round draft pick. Well, that guy, that that guy is a first round draft pick. Oh, that's that's the first, that's the guy that that's the guy X team took first for in the first round. Like first round draft pick is the heaviest label. And I would dare to say that the second heaviest label in any NFL draft is Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy taken. And it's a horrible moniker that they put on players. But we know why it is. That guy has a tendency not to make it in the NFL. Brock Purdy was the last pick taken in the NFL. So this is where I'm going with all of this. Is there, was there, how does it work in the locker room when you've got a guy on the bench? Because I can't believe for a second that Brock Purdy got into a football game and like flicked a switch and became this dude that nobody had ever seen. And like Shanahan's on the sideline going, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there, there had to be a feeling of, no, that kid can play like he can play. So when you were in the locker room, were there ever moments like that where you're sitting there with the locker guy next to you, like your locker mate going, I don't know, man, but Billy Bob over there, not Billy Bob Horton, but you know what I'm saying? Like Jimbo over there or whoever, that guy can throw a football. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, you're, you're in the locker room, you're watching film. You're not seeing a lot. Like I would never see the backup quarterback throwing because he's throwing for the defensive set. Scout team. Right? Scout team now I'd see it on the field a little bit, but I might be, you know, having a water and trying to catch my breath. Mm -hmm. um, the coaches though, they watch all that film, you know, they're breaking down all that stuff. And I think that you, you, you find guys that are really into the game insofar as preparation, understanding, offensive sets and that that delivers confidence to staff right like this yep. guy knows what he's doing and i think they 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 would have known that there's no way they wouldn't and then they look for other things like do the guys like him does he have a good rapport with the squad right right, right. what is their what's their fit with the team and you know i i think you got to you got to weigh that uh, as you are assessing a guy's ability to go out and play the game. Gotcha. So the converse to that is they had nowhere else to go, right? I mm. mean, that was it. They were like, okay, we are down out to of, our last guy. Out of the barrel. <laughs> um, yeah. And holy, holy cow, we thought he was good in practice. We liked him. you know. Uh, but again, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft. The whole draft is a crapshoot. Yes. So we're just going to go with the guys that we feel fit uh, the format, smart, uh, attention to detail, uh, on time for meetings, you know, whistle while you work, run mm -hmm. between drills. And those are the kinds of guys everybody wants. Yeah, gotcha. And I don't know what's going on. John DeFazio, we have your super chat, but for some reason, the chat has been disabled for the live stream. I don't know what's going on. So to everybody that's watching live right now with us, uh, YouTube flicked over, and I'm looking at a uh, uh, a message Maybe, here. That you're did we not pay our YouTube bill? <laughs> John great, just paid the bill. Come on, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, but uh, for some reason, the chat has been disabled. I know Jay Spence was just in the in the in the comment section. I don't know if he has the ability to look into this or not. But John, we're going to read John Fazio. We're going to read your question, uh, John. I want to know about your thoughts on Cyrus. Uh, 
he seemed to have a solid game, especially in one-on-one pass protection. Can hand placement be corrected by the start of the season? Oh, that's a really good question, John. And and if, when it's not a good question, I usually say to Joe later on, what a terrible question. <laughs> um, so look, hand placement in pass protection is a career long battle, just like you at work are always trying to correct things, you know, that you're doing wrong or get better at things. These are moving targets. Um, You know, the way I coach it is it's all about eye placement. Eye placement comes before hand placement because where you're looking, your hands are going to go. Right. Right. So, so before all that happens, it's the, it's the type of coaching you get. I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful that even in the NFL, there are some technique coaches who are really kind of drilling down, taking the time to look at player performance mm-hmm. and pulling them aside before practice, after practice, during film and say, hey, we, you know, we really got to focus a little bit more here. Your feet are in great position. Your body is in great position. You need to strike. Now, just remember, And I I told my son this. I tell my younger son the same thing. I tell all the kids I coach. When you go to punch, Mm -hmm. you are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You miss. And sometimes, you know, confidence, you know, it's peaks and valleys with confidence where you feel like you're just stabbing a guy every time. You're on point. And then sometimes something happens and then you start doing a bear hug or, you know, you're trying to place your hands rather than firing them in there. And there's a mental aspect to that. That is, you know, it's a constant battle. Mm -hmm. Think about a quarterback throwing into tight windows, the ganas you have to make those throws. Mm -hmm. And you can't just like when you're hitting a pitching wedge, you start decelerating and you don't hit through the ball, you know, good things will not happen. Right. But, when you're extended, you are in a position of weakness. The hands come down. It's really hard to recover. So your natural thought is, if I walk up, John, and I hug you, you're not getting away. Right. But if I reach out to grab you and you knock my hands down, you could be past me. So, you know, if there are issues there, I got to believe that, um, you know, you're really going to, you know, continue to work on that stuff, but you should do that anyway. Guys are always trying to improve their game. Mm-hmm. I watched my own film. I watched, I stole from other people. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to say, what can work? What can make me better? That's good. That's super good. Speaking of the offensive line, that's probably where most of the questions have been that I've seen, uh, talked about outside of QB two and QB two is probably a little bit of a knee jerk. Uh, just, it's, it's a little early to be, you know, as much as I did a big segment on it yesterday, it's, it's a little early to be, you know, uh, flushing Kyle Allen out of this franchise, but what are your thoughts? Where are your thoughts from what you saw on, on in this football game against the Colts? As far as there's a lot of concern around the tackle play, I think, you know, obviously Spencer Brown, you know, got hurt in practice a little bit. Uh, but just wonder, just just wondering what your your overall arching overarching thoughts are in regards to just what you saw from the offensive line. I thought there was moments when they did really well, especially in pat in run blocking. Uh, I I don't disagree with you. I mean, I I wasn't able to sit and watch the the game like I normally do. I didn't get a chance to review the film, but as I watched it, if nothing pops out to me that's out, oh, shockingly bad, I tend to go with you know the performance was was fair 
or good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I didn't see anything that made me go, holy cow, you know, we're going to have repeats here and there. Uh, I get that question a lot as a former offensive lineman. And, you know, it's funny. It was a slippery slope, right? The, The offensive line was not fantastic last year. I thought they were good. They weren't great. But as the offseason continued, <clears throat> they got worse and worse somehow. Mm-hmm. It went from not great to a catastrophe to worst offensive line in the league. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, pump the brakes a little bit. And when people ask me if the offensive line is going to be better, my response is, is the wide receiver room going to be better too? Mm. Because if we don't have wide receiver one, two, and a slot that make things happen – all the stress falls to the offensive line because the quarterback's going to be looking for 14 every play. You're going to get happy feet. You're going to leave the pocket early. You're going to force throws. So I hate to say it. It sounds cliche, but it's all hand in hand. Do they need to get it better? Yes. But significant improvement in the wide receiver room will help the offensive line. Very good. Good news. Uh, We have another super chat from Jessica Tennis, but more good than that, more gooder, more gooder news. Uh, The the live stream chat is, the comment section is back up. Jay Spencer King fixed it. So if you are watching us live right now and it says disabled, just refresh your screen and the comment section will come back. So Jessica Tennis with a super chat, Jessica and John DeFazio, thank you guys so much for your super chats. Uh, Your thoughts on Ryan Vandemark playing at left tackle? Well, I think he's a natural guard. Right, I think I think you're right. I think he's a natural guard, and this falls a little bit into that category of we have questions at tackle. We might need to move people around. Who do we have that can that can do both? Who can service in the event that uh, Spencer Brown or Deion Dawkins goes down? Mm-hmm. So my thoughts are, uh, I look at my very good friend Jerry Ostrowski, who played nearly every position on the offensive line. The only one he didn't play was left tackle because I never left. That's right. That guy right next to me. That's right. So he played left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. And man, they moved him out to right tackle. And I thought to myself, huh, I don't see it. Uh, He played tackle in college, but you know, sometimes guys get into a groove. You think they can't leave that position. Jerry went out on the edge and he played pretty damn well. Right tackle. Right. Right tackle. Um, so I think this might just be a little bit of a interview process, right? You know, there was a casting call. You showed up. They want to see if you can sing and dance. Mm-hmm. You put them out there on the edge. Can you sing and dance at tackle? Because who do we have after that? We need to we need to fill the gap. Yeah. So what do I think of him playing left tackle? I mean, I don't want any of the starters to go down, but if one does, I want the guy stepping up to have had some reps. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to me too, just finishing up on the offensive line. I said this on the show yesterday, just what they're going to do with Ryan Bates. Um, and it was an extended conversation about it on one of the uh, WGR uh, shows today. It might've been the morning show on my way to the gym. And they were just, you know, Ryan Bates to me, Osiris Torrance played, started at, at, at the guard position because I think, I believe at this point, they knew that they wanted Bates to come in and spell Morse as the backup center. So the, the play not, they're not going to move Bates from, from guard to center in a preseason game. They're like, well, we'll just hold him out and then put him in for Morris because ideally for them, even last year, Ryan Bates was the the guy they wanted to be the backup center. Regardless if something happens to Mitch Morris, he can play center pretty well. Um, all that to say this, I want to be, I want to believe that if, if Ryan Bates is the sixth offensive player, first guy off the bench, it's because the five best guys are out there. And for me, that's wildly important. 
I'm going to have a difficult time if we see more of what they did a couple of years back where, well, Ryan Bates as a backup center is far too important to put him in there at guard in case something happens to Mitch Morse. Like, I want the five best guys. If Ryan's one of them, play him. Right, well, I, and I can address that. I think you have to put Osiris Torrance in there to find to get him reps at this yes, league at this out. level. Yep. And if you if you don't start him, he might be going against the thirds by the time he gets in. Right. But the guys on the field from Indianapolis are either going to be ones or twos mm-hmm. in the first two quarters of the game, and you want to find out if your your uh, rookie guard can play. That's when he has to go in the game. Ryan Bates is a proven entity. Yeah. To address your point, I, I agree with you. Uh, you. You know, if he's better than Torrance and uh, or better than the left guard, he should be on the field. Don't save a guy. Don't make your your sixth guy, who's your really your fifth guy, ride the pine because you're you're holding out and worry that your center is going to go down. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it was smart. That's a smart play. Let's transition in the last couple minutes that we're going to be uh, taking up people's time during this show and talk about uh, cornerback two. And what's interesting is I think right now about cornerback two, because I haven't talked a whole lot about CB2, is did Tredavious White play in that football game? Because they didn't even call his name. (laughs) I don't think a ball went at like in, well, he had right. to play. He was out there. I'm well, just saying, well, a, ball me, didn't, a ball didn't go in his direction. Like they told, like they told Richardson, do not throw the football that way. Let me let me finish up my last point okay, real quick gotcha. for, okay. on Torrance, just so I, yeah. I get this thought out of my tiny little brain. The 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 step up in quality of play from my senior year of college mm-hmm. to the NFL was limitless. Like I, I will, I don't want to say I was shocked. My expectation was I was going to see men mm. every play and I was going to have my hands full every play. And I was not disappointed. <laughs> uh, there were guys, you know, I mean, this 186, whatever division one colleges I played in the PAC 12, my senior year, I probably had three games where I'm, you know, I'm playing against a guy who I'm like, this guy's not that great. Mm-hmm. And at this level, regardless of whether a guy makes this team or doesn't make this team, he was still part of a group of upwards of 400 guys that came into the league that is terrific. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can never underestimate that. That's why you put the guy in with, with CB2. Yeah. I, I love it, man. I just love the competition. Yeah. Right? It looks like yeah. Taron, it looks like Taron Johnson's is going away with it right now. Taron Johnson. Uh, he's a nickel corner, Taron Johnson. Uh, Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson. I'm so yeah. sorry. Apologies yeah, no to, yep. to yep. Dane. Um, it looks like he's going away with it, right? But that's that's all in all not a bad thing. Sure. Um, I think Benford is already proven to be a very good player, mm-hmm. but coming off your rookie season, you know, you need to kind of resettle yourself and 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 kind of get back to a lot of technique, a lot of understanding of the game. You know, I think he, he, there is something to be said of a little bit of like uh, rookie luck, right? Like you and I hitting a good shot on the golf course. You know, so had, I think he had a little bit of a blessed rookie year despite injury. And Kyrie Elam has a lot to prove. Yeah. And the, tool, and the tools are there. Yeah. But you know, I think they're kind of looking at him as he's need, he needs to make a mental jump jump in confidence. So I don't I don't see that this rotation stops for the next couple of games. 
uh, Dane Jackson has played a lot of football here in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And the, the smarter play a little is a little bit like the uh, Torrance play. You know, get those get those three rotating and make sure they all feel comfortable that you're not, you know, you remember, I mean, everybody in the chat who has kids, you're like, oh, come on. You know, you got to you, you, you got to chastise them when they're not doing well, but you mm-hmm. can't over punish. You don't want to kill the spirit. So I think that's the walk that we're going to see for the next two games. Don't kill their spirit. They're all good football players. We just want one to emerge and, and own the position. I feel like Dane Jackson got the start because uh, he is the incumbent. I feel like, you know, they're not going to give anything to anybody, um, even if they are a second-year first-round draft pick in Kair Elam. But Dane Jackson is just very much like Levi Wallace. He just continues to do, to your point, exactly what they ask him to do. Yeoman's uh, work. Right. He just, he, just, he just does what he's asked to do, and – if the ball shows up in his hands, he catches it and and, and runs it back as far as he can. Um, I thought it was interesting that Kyrie and them went in second, but we also know, and this is to uh, uh, where uh, who put in there uh, da, 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 right there. Is it this one? Matt Byram says there's so, he isn't physical enough, which I find absurd. It's not that one. Oh, it's this one from Matt as well. It is curious. They drafted Elam. If he appears to be a poor fit as a zone defender. And I think that to me is more of the takeaway on Kyrie Elam is they drafted a guy, right? That is a man up corner, which when they drafted him, we were kind of excited about this idea of having a man up corner, because I think there's an expectation or, or an idea on all of our part that Trey can play tough football. If he wants to play tough football and maybe there was a deviation or a shift coming and then they made him made him, they, they kind of began to work him in to play zone. And I don't know that he, to your point about, the headpiece, right? Getting his mind right, getting the confidence, getting confidence in himself that he can play that position in his own stand from his own standpoint. It just feels like he's having a hard time with that transition. And I don't know. It's not that I don't know. I know. I don't know enough about NFL football, specifically at the cornerback spot to know instinctively what the differences are between playing man up in your face football versus being an incredible zone defender, because they're two probably wildly different responsibilities, much like, a left, a left tackle, and a left guard. They stand next to each other. They do similar things, but the responsibilities are completely different, right? Uh, yes, I would say that, but you have to be able to do both. I mean, you, no one's playing lockdown corner every game. You know, you got to play zone defense. If he has a little, you know, a little steeper learning curve, you got to do it. I mean, you know, this defense needs to evolve a little bit. We saw some of that. We saw a little bit more aggressive uh, behavior from the front six or seven, mm-hmm. which I was very happy Amazing. to see. Run blitzes. Run right? blitzes. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, if you're going to do that kind of thing, you're going to have to play some some press corner, all right, mm-hmm. to keep them off the line a little bit. Um I, I don't put a lot of stock in that. I mean, if you're good enough to play – man lockdown corner then you're gonna have the learning curve you're gonna be able to play out in space and understand you know the the philosophy of the defense playing in a in a, in a zone position mm-hmm. and you know what i mean you know, it, some things take time it'll click is it just a confidence issue then you think uh, <laughs> trusting what he sees trusting yeah what he sees. i mean you, you know the comment in the chat was you know he's a little bit handsy everybody has to learn their way around that I thought Sauce Gardner, you know, probably could have been, 
uh, arrested as he left a few stadiums with the way he undressed a few guys. Jay Spence so, the King disagrees. I say this all the time to Spence. He, he disagrees with me. <laughs> uh, on what? That he's handsy. That Sauce Gardner got away with putting his hands on receivers. Oh, there, there's no question about it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, that's just the way the, the proverbial cookie crumbles every now and again. You know, just like just like batters get into a funk or get on a streak, you know, these things kind of happen and you, that's the mental part of the game that plays with you a little bit. Your confidence can wane when you are, when you're either struggling or you're perceiving yourself to struggle. Right. And that again goes back to, you know, what's the job of the staff to make sure that they're coaching them up that, you know, it's encouraging and, you know, the guys are pulling together and by and large, I, uh, I'm not upset about anything that I see. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's not a bad spot to be in for an NFL franchise to have three guys that can play the position. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elam is not garbage, right? I mean, he's he clearly has an unseated Dane Dane Jackson as the number round number one uh, first round draft pick, rather. Uh, and Dane Jackson was a seven, correct? Right? Wasn't he a seventh round draft pick? I'll go with that. And then Benford was fifth or sixth, someplace late, as far as that goes. But I think we're and in a Brock good, Purdy was what Mr. Irre, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Irrelevant, right? But crapshoot to your point. But I, I think I think there's an aspect of uh, we put maybe more pressure on them than they necessarily deserve. But it's a good position to be in for the Buffalo Bills. They've got three guys that they can continue to work and continue to practice and continue to put in situations and continue to prepare until one refines himself. Right? I mean, Dane mm-hmm. Jackson is probably who Dane Jackson is. He's probably hit his ceiling. The other two guys probably have some room to grow. But until then, we've got Dane Jackson. Yeah, and I think I think that uh, a more aggressive defense is going to benefit the corners. You know, they're going to be in, in a little bit more press man. Safeties are going to be floating over the top. You know, the middle of the field gets open. But if you got guys that are good on, you know, at the line of scrimmage, I think that's that that'll serve us pretty well. And I also believe that, you know, McDermott isn't going to be putting the entire defense out there for everybody to dissect right now. I I don't think it's really a whole card, so to speak, but they're working on things in practice that they're not putting out there. And it may not be because they don't want to show it. It might just be that we need to get better at this. You know, we're going to, and the way football works when you show show up to training camp is you install offenses and defenses in pieces right Mm -hmm. today we're going to install this and i i do recall that when i joined the bills the installation had been done for three or four years so all these guys (laughs) it was old hat to them and it was just coming at me like holy moly i mean my notebook looked like uh a drunken second grade teacher with a red pen. <laughs> like, what, what, what did this note mean? I wrote it so damn fast. I can't even read it myself. What's wrong? <laughs> that's amazing. That's a great, that's a great takeaway. That's super, super good. Is there what, anything that my, that my second grade teacher was a drunk? Yes. That was the takeaway that I was referring to. Um, is there anything else from that football game that maybe sticks out to you real quick? Just kind of a quick hit before we get out of here. Yeah. I thought it was curious that they didn't work the tight ends a lot. Uh, uh, I don't think it was curious at all. I think it was to your point, by design. keeping one in the hole. <laughs> well, again, I, I think it was uh, curious. I thought he'd see a little bit more balance and, and, you know, kind of get the, the young guy out there a little bit more, but I think the bigger problem to solve is the competition at wide receiver two and slot. So yeah. it made sense. It didn't look like a balanced game. 
Uh, I'm excited about the DK squared, right? I mean, oh, it's yeah. going to be, uh, I think it, it just delivers such a great opportunity to expose the middle, to expose the seam. It really can, if you got guys on the outside that can press deep and then, you know, two guys, the way we run a little bit of this flex, if you get Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox in that, you know, the slot position mm -hmm. and the safeties have to play over the top, they're a little bit more concerned about, uh, you know, Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs, then as these tight ends are hitting the seam, if you beat the linebackers, you beat the nickel corner, you know, that's a lot of pressure on the safeties. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you play it too, too far to the middle. Stefan Diggs gets the nine route. Uh, so th that should create some challenges that I'm, I'm excited to see. Awesome. That was great. And this was a great first show back. First, John Fina show of the 2023 Buffalo Bills season. Um, we got a long way to go. We've got a lot of good football, a lot of fun in front of, in front of us. DeMar Hamlin coming out was incredible. Oh, my God, I totally forgot about that. Wow. I mean, wow. It's one thing to be in practice, but right. to come out there live, uh, put the uniform back on, you know, the full the full getup. And be That's aggressive. A, that, was, that was chilling and be impressive. Go, uh, going head first into tackles, tackling big dudes, right? Right, right. Yeah. I, that that just that's a heartwarming moment for all of Buffalo. I think for the nation, for the country, for the world, for for everybody who's paying attention to that. Uh, it's just a fantastic um, development. And I mean, who who can't who can't cheer for Demar Hamlin? I mean, there's something wrong with you if you're not. Hundred percent. So, thank you everybody for joining us for the first installment of the Off Tackle with John Fita show. Thank you for the super chatters that uh, came through and asked us some really good questions. Thank you for everybody that was in the comments section and hung out with us for this episode. Uh, appreciate everyone that's also going to listen to this in podcast form. We are we are going to be back next week and the week after that, all the way through until there's no more weeks left to talk about I Ooh, believe, right? buffalo freddy just showed up you're late <laughs> we we are closing the show no, dan shows up <laughs> thanks for the party buffalo freddy what a great time we had uh joe thank you jay spence thanks for showing up everybody in the chat much appreciated love the comments love the comments and love the, the questions comments. keep bringing it past the word we're having a great time Go. ladies and gentlemen you've been tuned into the off tackle with john fita show on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired that over there is john fina you can find him where i can be found here there and everywhere it's like a cat in the hat verse at John Fina on Twitter. Follow John. He's a great follow. He does interact and respond. He's a wonderful dude. For me, for John Fina, for everybody at Buffalo Rumblings, appreciate you guys. Go Bills. Go Bills.